You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Dan S. Dan Patrick Show. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com. Still have some t-shirts on sale. Penny's Bang Biscuits, Bang Jerky there. We have bite-sized treats for the perfect rewards during training sessions. We have two different sizes. They were a big hit. Since we uh, put them on display for you, they are a big hit. Penny's Bang Biscuits, Bang Jerky, available at danpatrick.com. We have a new poll question coming up for the final hour. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and also our radio affiliates, including Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio. Uh, Fritzy, the results from the first two hours of the poll question. If you could start your franchise with one QB from the 2004 draft, who would you pick? 71% Ben Roethlisberger, 16% Eli Manning, hmm. Philip Rivers at 12%. Okay. I would do Ben, then Philip, and then I would do Eli Manning. The poll question for the final hour. You could spend the rest of your life living in the coldest town in America or the hottest town in America. Like extreme heat. Like International Falls, Minnesota. Somewhere north up there. Okay. Cold all the time. Or like I've been to Yuma, Arizona. That's hot. And it's always hot. Well, what is the hottest town in America? I think Death Valley, if you call it a town, but... No, the hottest town is the town that we're in. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Milford CT. <laughs> what is listed as the hottest town in America? Um, you got places like Blythe, Arizona, Bullhead City, Arizona, Blythe, California, Lake Havasu, Arizona, Thermal, California. You hear a name? Oh, Thermal. That is brutal. <laughs> Thermal. What about, isn't there a place called like Truth and Consequences, Arizona? That's or something? New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Yeah, like that's not a place you want to go. There is a town south of Phoenix called Y, W H Y. And the rumor is it's because it's, it's very scaldingly hot there. Why would anyone build a town mm. in this area? Mm. I don't know if that's well, true. Well, that's also part of the issue of where you live, how cold it is, and what's around it. Because you're not going to be living in a you know, metropolitan area. If, if I go to the hottest place or I go the coldest place, I would probably go cold. Like Fairbanks, Alaska probably has a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. I could live in Fairbanks. Yeah, you crush it there. Yes. 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 For and time. at least you could keep putting layers and layers on. If you're wearing relatively no clothes and you're still scalding hot, unless you're like laying in a pool or have air conditioning like on all the time in front of you, that's going to be unbearable. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Yes. I mean, this is really begging for a trip to one of our favorite affiliates in Juneau, Alaska. Oh! Juneau, Juneau. I love it. Did that you know Juneau? Road trip. Yeah, let's go. Juneau, Alaska. Are we all in on cold weather? Yeah, we all agree we would live in a cold weather town. Set of warm. Definitely. Uh, uh, Rich Eisen is on the, uh, on the phone. Hey, Deep. Uh, hey, Rich, it's uh, DP here. DP, I was <laughs> listening to your conversation on the way in. Um, I'll have you know it's high 40s here oh in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. I hope right, you're protecting you the know. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bundled up. Um, I'm wearing, you know, like a you know, winter hat, walking around. Um, Indoors, because that's the way, you know, normally here in Los Angeles, uh, a cold weather item is um, an accessory, not a necessity. But now it's a necessity, Dan, and um, the struggle's real. Wow. Str- it's high 40s. I heard you say low 60s. It's high 40s, Dan. Okay. That's not, uh, that's not why we pay the taxes. You know what I'm saying? Well, do you believe in home field advantage when weather you know, the role that weather plays. Like the Packers. Do you, do you really, even though they haven't percent. done well, they haven't done well a million, there. A, a million percent, 
Dan. I mean, because, uh, I, and I understand, you know, Tom Brady's kind of the greatest equalizer when these things happen, like last year, and plus he's Mr. New England from all those years, uh, where somebody who's from Florida or lives in Florida year-round might have their blood thinned out for a, a Lambeau field trip. But Michael Irvin says it all the time on game day morning whenever we show a cold-weather site, a cold-weather game, the whole you-are-looking-live shot um and um he's like you know I'm from I'm from South Florida like that's not football weather football weather is 60 70 degrees there's a reason why the Super Bowl is played in a neutral warm weather side or in a dome about 99% of the time so yeah that is an advantage for sure no doubt you don't um so? I, I I do to a certain degree but I've seen Atlanta win at Lambeau the Giants win at Lambeau in the postseason yeah. So that's supposed to be the toughest place to play when it comes to the postseason when you factor in weather, and we've seen road teams go in there and win. So I, I don't know how much of this is just flat-out talent or you, know, you factor in the, the uh, weather itself, but it feels like Tampa was a better team than Green Bay last year. Well, I mean, again, uh, TV12 has it working, and that, that's, you know, uh, and I heard I agree with you what you said, too, about the Packers. They are the team to beat. They're the best team right now. They're the team that's got the uh, the quarterback and the wide receiver combination that's number one in the NFL. They've got an opportunistic defense. They can sack you with just four guys. They can run it down your throat with Dylan. They can create a matchup problem out of the backfield with Aaron Jones. And Rodgers is playing at an insanely high level. He's the MVP, so I agree with you, and they do have the old man winner there. Uh, I, I would imagine they've already beaten Arizona. That would be a problem. The yeah. Rams lost there last year. Obviously, Stafford's used to playing in cold weather there. That would be a problem. Dak going up there. Um, the, the team that <laughs> and I know I'm going on a very long limb here, but the team they don't want to see is Tom Brady and the, and the Bucks. It's it's really that simple. Um, they they should be the team here in Los Angeles, where by mid-February, I'm hoping it cracks 50 degrees around here for that Super Bowl. Certainly when you come out here, Dan, I want it warm for you. No. I want California to be the best that it can be for you well, and the guys. We are staying at your house, so it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. i got to get that rollout couch done. <laughs> i got to get that. That, uh, that Murphy bed right I love you. it. The old Murphy bed. Uh, what do you think about Ben Roethlisberger's future in TV? Well, I, I, I actually interviewed him for the Westwood One Monday night broadcast last night and uh, asked him about it. He sounds like he has zero interest in it. I asked him, does he want to get in the media? He said when he retires, he will quote-unquote disappear is the word that he used. Hmm. And um, and just maybe coaches kids, and um, I I I believe him. It does sound it sounded like he had no interest in it at all. And um, you know that shot of him going down the tunnel last night, holding his wife's hands, and you know, and one of his you know three children's hands, and the well, five of them walking down the hallway. I kind of think that that is a an appropriate that's all folks type shot. I think he's just going to disappear. Um, and I, I don't know when you're going to hear from him next after the Ravens, because I'm assuming he's not going to play for another franchise. That would be quite a, a change of, of pace. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to do a thing other than just hang out and just be. That's Rich Eisen. Uh, his show follows this one on Peacock. Uh, Rich, thanks for calling in. Thanks for uh, weather on the tens here.
Well, I should also tell you then, uh, in that respect, um, the 405 North, there was a fender bender right around Howard Hughes. Mm. Um, okay. So uh, that's, I don't know what it is. Is, that, is this on the eights or the nines right now? But... It's on the nines. nines. It's... There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'll write that one down. Thanks, DP. Thank you, Rich. That's Rich Eisen. And so traffic and weather together on the Dan Patrick Show. Every nine minutes and 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Were you a travel or did you do it? Were you a traffic guy? Did you ever do traffic seating when you were in radio? Uh, no, you know what? I was right before I got hired at ESPN. Actually, the other job that I was considering was being like a TV radio uh, that I got offered was like a TV radio traffic guy in Connecticut. <laughs> and so if I didn't go to ESPN, I would have been like the local traffic traffic guy. guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're you're busy, and there's always traffic. Big fish, little ponds. Yep, I like let's it. Let's go, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Couple of phone calls here. Uh, Andrew in Washington is back. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Good morning, guys. Um, what's on my mind today? I have a question for all of you, but I also have a stat of the day after that. My question is, out of the four major sports leagues, as we see athletes age, but they're aging and they're still playing at a high level, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, which of the four major sports leagues do you think will be most positively affected by stars aging but still playing at a higher level? And then I have a stat of the day for you. Since 2018, there have been two quarterbacks that have thrown more than 50 interceptions. Sam Darnold is one of them with 51 interceptions, and the other has thrown the most interceptions with 56, including two last night. Your overall number one pick, Baker Mayfield Jr., the third. I like it. Well done, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Uh, I would say the NFL has benefited the most from players. You know, quarterbacks, that's the league. It's all about quarterbacks. And if you have these marquee names and they play after their age 35, they've changed the rules. You can't touch them. Uh, you know, the offenses, you get the ball away so quickly. They have that ability. As long as you have arm strength, then you're able to uh, still play that position. And they're protecting them more than they ever have. So I would say that uh, certainly the NFL benefits the most uh grant in indiana hi grant what's on your mind hey dan six one one eighty five uh i just wonder am i the only one who thinks ab really didn't do anything wrong um he's kind of had a history of this his entire career and but he, now but he, he does but, but grant he, he quit on his team mid-game and and he so did so in a theatri- is, theatrical way. Well, my sources told me that he was kicked off the sidelines. Uh, he could have walked off. If they told him that he's done for the day, he could have walked off. He could have kept his uniform on until he walked off. He stripped down. That That is true. And, and be, I played football for a long time, and I played Little League, and I saw all the guys who didn't get the ball uh, run off the field. Uh, it's just not really that new to me. Yeah, but they didn't strip and their I, clothes off, Grant. Oh, yes, they did, Dan. <laughs> when you played Little League, the Little Leaguers took off their clothes. 100%. What the hell is going on in Indiana? 
I remember little D on the Vikings took his jersey off, threw it, and he ran quarter mile down the parking lot. Well, that's little D, and little D had some, you know, had some problems there, and we all know that. And we don't want to talk well, about that. But uh, thank you, Grant. Thank you for uh, for saying that you had no problem with Antonio Brown taking off his his shirt. Yes, Paul. I like he had no problem, and then ten seconds after you talk, he completely changed his mind. <laughs> it sounds like someone I know. Yes, one hundred percent. But I'm going for it on fourth down. Even with the game tied? Well, maybe not. Yeah, I guess you're right. Nah, I probably wouldn't. Depends. Seth in New Orleans joins us on the program. Hi, Seth. What's on your mind today? Aloha, GP. Hi, Seth. Um, just being in New Orleans, uh, like it was 85 for Christmas Day, wearing shorts. Mm. And today, today it's uh, 39, nice. which is very... Very cold for us. Uh, I don't have clothes for this kind of thing. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think the chances are of Russell Wilson maybe coming to the Saints? Oh, I think it's a, uh, there's a possibility. I think there's a possibility of him with a couple of teams. The question is, what does Seattle want back in return? Now, I've said before how I think this scenario ends. Unless something happens where Pete Carroll steps down, I still think that you'll have a Matthew Stafford-type situation with a team maybe giving Seattle a quarterback, uh, giving them draft picks, and then you get Russell Wilson. Would New Orleans be the team? Would it be the Giants? I don't get the Giants as much because I don't – I just – I think that they have – you're going you're gonna to get rid of your GM. You're probably not going to re-sign your running back. Uh, are, are, are you sold on everybody else that you have? You don't rebuild, but the Giants need to rebuild. You know, Tom Brady didn't go to a rebuild. Brady went to a team that was already good. He made them great. Russ is going to go, if he goes to, like Cleveland to me, would be an ideal spo- uh, spot for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson because it feels like you have weapons there. You got a good offensive line. You got two good running backs. You can make your tight end and wide receiver a lot better than what they have been. And I do have some uh, individuals on defense who can make some big plays. Now, are you sold on Kevin Stefanski? You know, that's what was kind of stood out last night with the Mannings. When they were talking about Kevin Stefanski, now, they don't, I don't think they have any real personal bias or any feelings like that. If, if you... I would liken the Mannings to a, a car mechanic looking at an engine. They have no, uh, you know, it's not like they don't like the engine. They just give you an opinion on the engine. The Mannings were looking at the Browns engine, and they couldn't hide the fact that they had problems with that, with Baker, with, with play calling, with formations. I, where's Nick Chubb? Peyton at one point goes, hey, can we have somebody find out why Nick Chubb's not playing in the first half? He, he didn't know if he was injured or not. So that's the thing that would concern me more is, do they have the right people? Do they have the right GM? Do they have the right coach, the right system? Uh, but Cleveland's got a lot of talent. And New Orleans is on the cusp of making the playoffs, and they don't have a quarterback. I don't know how they've done it, but they're still there in the mix. Yeah, Seton. 
There was this moment last night where Eli's watching the game and he's like baffled by what he's seeing. And he's just, he's laughing and like super snarky. He goes, yeah, that's what I want. My superstar wide receiver chipping the edge. Yeah. Like that's what we want. Yeah, Get him on the edge rusher, not out wide where he can make a play. That's great. And they can't hide their facial reactions. Especially Peyton. Yes, because Peyton will be like put his hands to his head and be like, I, like it, it just it drives him crazy. Therefore, I'm looking at it through the lens of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going, oh, okay. It, it, you know, I might look at Baker Mayfield and go, oh, you know, that's not on Baker. Well, they're looking at it differently and going, no, that is on Baker. Or that is on the system. They know right away what's going on. Well, we're going, I don't know, maybe. Or you're waiting for a post-game reaction. More phone calls coming up. We'll talk to Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, on what Tampa Bay is and should do with Antonio Brown. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I think my wife thought she was going to get some quality time tonight with me, but... That's not going to happen because I have to break the news to her. Honey, I'm home, but I'm watching the Tax Act Texas Bowl LSU in Kansas State. That'll excuse. Yep. Who's favored in the Tax Act Texas Bowl, Paulie? So let's say you're at the, the MGM or the big board room out in Vegas. Okay. And, and you not a lot on the screen on okay. a Tuesday night. Yeah. LSU, Kansas State. Who do you think would be favored? Kansas State 7-5, and five, LSU 6-6. Six and six, Tough year. Okay. I saw Kansas State play twice. Of course you did. I saw LSU play twice. I'm going to say that Kansas State is a better football team than LSU. Big favorite, seven points in a bowl game. All righty. Yep. Yep. Go Wildcats. Greatest arena on earth, Las Vegas. Thank you for the uh, point spread. We might be out there in a couple of months. Us in Vegas? Yeah. Well, I know. I'm saying me. Oh. Oh. I might be out there in a couple of months. And like, if you guys want to go... How would we do in Vegas? What does that mean? Gambling, if we were single, if, if uh, late night? Well, no, we're not single. I mean, hypothetically. No, no, pathetically. <laughs> <laughs> pathetically. Um, I would, I guess we would do okay. Uh, you know, I usually get my damage done early. I, I'm not a late night guy. But uh, if I was single, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I... I um, Great meals. If you go to the sports books and you just bet lightly on a couple games, yeah. you can have a nice, fun evening. They bring you the drinks. Can I do $5 blackjack tables? Do they have those or do I have to go off the strip? Harder to find. Yeah. Off, off, bro. Because I do like the $5 ones. I'm fine with that. It's when it's like 25 or $50 a hand and then I only have $100. Yes, Seaton. Are there gamblers all over the country in their cars right now sighing at that yeah. $5? Yeah. <sighs> oh, my. Yeah. I, I gamble on other things. I don't need to gamble on gambling. Yes, Pauline. I enjoy roulette because the time it takes for the ball to be popping all over, it's, yeah. very, it's, it's very satisfying. Let's bring, speaking of, segue, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback, joining us on the program. Before we get to Antonio Brown, more interesting quarterbacking situation. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I think Cleveland, because Cleveland to me is more indicative of where like the quarterbacking dynamic is going across the NFL right now. 
Pittsburgh's, I, I think, sort of where like New England was coming out of 2019, um, where Denver was coming out of 2015, where it's you had a quarterback who's been there forever, who's won Super Bowls, and now you got to replace him. And we've seen that happen over and over and over again over the history of the NFL. What Cleveland's facing, I think, is a little bit like it's not exact, but it's a little bit like what we've talked about before, Dan, with the Rams and the Niners, where like you're happy with your quarterback. You can win with your quarterback. You've shown that you can get to the playoffs with your quarterback, but is that enough? And I think it's sort of the the Mahomesization of the NFL, where teams are looking at these opponents that have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And the climb up that mountain is steep. And so it's not, are you asking, are we okay with Baker Mayfield? I think the Browns are okay with Baker Mayfield. It's more, how much better do we need to be than Baker Mayfield at quarterback to get ourselves in a position to contend for championships? And so I think very much that way, you look at where the Browns are, and it's not that Baker Mayfield isn't a functional NFL quarterback. It's how are we going to compete for the next 10 years with Patrick Mahomes in the AFC, with Lamar Jackson in the AFC, with Josh Allen in the AFC, with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow in the AFC. And is Baker Mayfield good enough to get us there? And I think because of the way he's played this year, they're going to be exploring outside options to answer that question. Well, I think you you reported this, that Cleveland could be in the market for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And would it, I, I'm wondering this, though, because maybe the Browns are going to have to face this dilemma. Do we pay him $18 million, which I think Baker's owed this next year, mm-hmm. and get through that season and run the risk of he might play into a contract extension? Or do we just rip the Band-Aid off and say, we're in the market for another quarterback here, even though we could get maybe a bargain at $18 million with Baker? Well, one nuance, one nuance that I think we have to remember with um, – with that is that the the fifth year options get fully guaranteed now in the past it wasn't in the past you were able to cut the cut your first round pick from four years earlier if you got to the end of the fourth year and you'd exercise the option now you 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 don't have the, the same flexibility to do it so like but i do think like the the browns could probably find a trade partner uh for baker mayfield like let's say sean payton's still in new orleans next year uh, then, you know, I think they would be looking at options at quarterback. And they loved, Sean loved Baker Mayfield coming out in 2000, um, in, in 2018. So, like, would there be a home like that for Baker Mayfield? So, I do think there'll be some options out there for them to move him. Um, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, t- to answer the question, Dan, you have to look at where their roster is, you know, and I, I, I look at their roster and they're in a position to compete for a championship right now. If Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are available, is there any guarantee you get a year from now and the dynamics going to have changed at all? Mm-hmm. You know, I think you almost have to take advantage of that sort of opportunity, especially when you look at the landscape of college football. And are you sure that there's going to be a great one available to you over the next two years? You know, it's just, I think you look at the Brown situation and you got to say to yourself, there's a lot of good. There's a there's a lot of good momentum off over coming off the last two years, despite what's happened this year and them not making the playoffs. The franchise is in a good spot. The roster is in a good spot. You can compete for a championship right now, and you know, like that's why I think like they're going to look at it the same way the Rams looked at their situation last year, which is we need to strike while the iron's hot. Let's take a look at what the options are out there, 
and the top options look like they're going to be Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and maybe, I mean, we'll see what happens, Aaron Rodgers. I wondered about this. I think people speculated when mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin was fawning all over Aaron Rodgers earlier this year. Yep. And people wondered, hey, Aaron Rodgers, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, they're going to need a quarterback there. Could you see? I, 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 I hate to do this, but, you know, we have to start landing the planes here somewhere of where we think these yeah. guys are going to end up. But let's say Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. Yep. Probably going to be in the AFC. Correct? I would say that'd be the preference. Yeah, if you're the Packers, it'd be the preference would be to ship them out of the conference. Okay. Uh, would Denver or Pittsburgh make more sense for the, I think pa- for the Packers, be- knowing what they're going to get? I think Denver would be I think Denver would be the biggest player for them. Um, Denver is gonna have in all likelihood a higher draft pick. Uh, I think Denver would be willing to go um, the extra mile to get him. Denver has some some players on the team that you might want um, if you're Green Bay, and you know I, I, I just, like Denver was on his list last year too, if I can if I remember right, and so like I just think there's a lot of things about the way Denver set that situation up that are built for a veteran quarterback to come in and win, and. You know, it's the receiver group, a young receiver group. It's not unlike what Peyton Manning walked into, right? In 2012 with Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker and and Julius Thomas at tight end. They've got the same sort of setup there with Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and Cortland, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Um, so you got that. Do I, I factor th- in, though, Peyton maybe taking over or being part of the ownership in Denver? That would be like a plus for for – for Aaron Rodgers, I would think, right? Is that like, in play, you, do you think? I mean, I, I think I think Peyton Manning as an, as an NFL owner has been in place since he retired. Yeah. I mean, I, like like everything I understand, I don't know if you've heard this, Dan, but like there, I, there had always been, A, the assumption that Peyton was going to want to be a football executive at some point and run his own show. And I, and I remember hearing all the way back when, you know, he signed with Denver. It was actually sort of a side benefit for him that he got to see John Elway do that job. Because John Elway's background obviously has parallels to Peyton going into that sort of job, right? So, like, there's that. That Peyton's always had that kind of in the back of his head that maybe he wants to be a football executive. And then, two, I've also heard that the Manning family's always sort of had an eye on ownership. And that was part of the reason why, over the years, Peyton Manning never took less on contracts. Eli Manning never took less on contracts. They always did a lot of endorsements. Like, I'd always heard that sort of idea that, the Manning family was building capital to maybe someday be able to buy a team. Now, I don't know if they have the capital to buy a team outright, but to be a part of an ownership group, mm-hmm. like that would make some sense. And if you were putting together an ownership group in Denver, a, a group to bid on it in Denver, that'd be a pretty powerful guy to have on your side. Wouldn't it? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I know, I know Peyton really loves living there. That's the other thing. Um, you know, part of the reason why, I think, you know, he has been a little slow to take a job as a football executive because those opportunities have been available to him is because he lives a very comfortable life, you know, in Denver now. And so there are a lot of things there that sort of line up where it would make sense, you know, if Peyton Manning was part of a group that would bid on the on the on the Broncos. Talking to Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, Washington football team's gonna have a big announcement coming mm-hmm. up next month. Uh, 2 which we pointed out is Groundhog's Day, so maybe they don't change the name. They just 
keep it what it is. But you uh, got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think it's I think what we've seen this year from that organization. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like comical how like you know that that it. It was illustrated on Sunday with uh, the barrier collapsing and the fans falling onto Jalen Hurts. It's like as, as much work as they've done over the last two years to try and fix things there, they had a long way to go. And so, um, you know, between everything that's happened there, um, you know, really over the, 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 the 22 years since Dan Snyder bought the team, but you know, really, you know, like when you like between the nickname, obviously the workplace scandal, everything that's happened there over the last couple of years, it's really clear how far they've had to go. But, you know, I do think that they've got some good people in place now to change the way we think about that, that organization. And, you know, I think that this is a big part of it for all of them. So, you know, the president, Jason Wright's obviously spearheaded this effort and, you know, on the football side, Ron Rivera and Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew, I think have made some progress. Um, this is a big year for them. Make no, make no mistake about it. Like, you know, they, they took a little bit of a step back this year in that they're not going to be on the play in the playoffs. But, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, from, you know, just like like what the staff looks like standpoint, like 2022 is a, a, a big year for the franchise. And, you know, you'd hope that um, maybe the start of things like people falling out of the stadium <laughs> would stop to end, start to end. And I, and I do think that the, the, the rebrand is a big part of all of that. What are the Buccaneers doing with Antonio Brown? What's the... Uh the game plan here or strategy? Uh, I think that they're, well, right now they're working with the league on how to handle this. Um, you know, I look like, I think we need to, we do we need to look at this for what it is, Dan. I mean, this isn't, you know, father Flanagan here. Like this was a football situation from the start and that they brought him in in the first place to appease their quarterback because Tom Brady wanted him there in 2020 he was sort of a bonus piece to the offense in 2020, the same way Gronk was because those guys had got in late and it was the COVID year and everything else. Those guys had nice contributions down the stretch. Brady loves both those guys. Brady had the team bring both those guys back. Both those guys had a full offseason. Both became an integral part of the offense. Um, and obviously Gronk is – it's not fair in any non-football way to connect Gronk to, to AB, but that was sort of the way those acquisitions happened. And when they struggled in midseason this year, a big part of it was because those guys had become integral parts of what they do offensively. And so when AB's situation went haywire over the last month, um, you know, with the fake vaccination card, the lying, the suspension, everything else, the reason they held on to him was because he had become an integral part to what they do from a football standpoint. And he had become too valuable. He'd become valuable enough where the, I think the decision makers there have built up some tolerance for what he was going to bring off the field where that tolerance had been zero a year before. And so I think this is, that's what this is. It's every single, every single facet of this decision of, 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 of the Antonio Brown, um, Antonio Brown's run in Tampa, all of it was guided by football and, and right up to the very end where at, the, at this point he's become more of a problem than he was a value to the team, which is amazing because he was pretty valuable to the team at the end. I don't, um, I don't think we're being fair to Bruce Arians when we say to Bruce, you know, do you, was it a mistake to sign Antonio Brown? He got a Super Bowl out of this. 
I, yeah. You know, they knew that they, they were getting somebody. They knew what they were signing up yes, for. Yes, but they everybody's enabled Antonio Brown. They, mm-hmm. That You know, even Tom Brady's saying we should show compassion. He, he's got some problems. Well, did he have problems before he took off his clothes, you know, in the Jets game? Of course he did. So I, it feels like we're going, hey, you know, he's got problems. Okay, was anybody addressing these problems prior to what happened Sunday? Is he addressing these? His agent, does anybody give a damn about him? You know, because he might get another job here, Albert, but he's going to have the same issues. I mean, at the end of the day, he's like Bruce Arians, a football coach. He's not a psychologist. He's not a self-help guy. He's not a like he's a football coach. You know what I mean? Like, and Brady and, wanted him. He Bruce yeah. was probably handcuffed to say, "All right, Tom really wants him. He wanted him and, in and, New England." And look, like, and 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 you know what? Like, New England did the same things for Tom, right? Like, there were Josh Gordon when they brought Josh Gordon in. You know, I can tell you for a fact, like the Patriots made it clear to 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 Tom, like. Okay, this is your guy now. Yeah. Like you're gonna, you're gonna look out for him, right? And so Tom has become used to being in these situations where it's, I want this player on my team. I like this player. I need more help offensively, and to facilitate that, I'm going to personally take the guy under my wing, and that's what happened with AB. And I do think, like, I, I do think by the end, like Tom really did like Antonio. Like I think that there was a a, a strong relationship there. But like the idea that like the idea that football was going to keep him in line, it didn't in Pittsburgh, right? Like where like at the end, like a team MVP, not like a team MVP award going to Juju Smith-Schuster set him off, right? <laughs> and that was a place that had done everything, everything to to facilitate it for him. So I I just I don't know like where I mean to me like continuing to give him opportunities isn't football saving Antonio Brown. It's reinforcing that he can get out, get away with whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And every time he got another chance, whether it was after, you know, the, the end in Pittsburgh, whether it was after the whole bizarre end in Oakland with the, with the feet and the helmet and everything else, or the way things ended in new England with him taking an open shot at ownership on his way out the door after threatening people who were accusing him of some very serious things, continuing to give him opportunities wasn't football saving him. It was sending him a very clear message, Dan, like football is going to allow you to act however the hell you want because your talent supersedes everything else that you've done. Albert, great to talk to you as always. We appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dan. Albert Breer. And that was well put, you know, because until he doesn't have a job, I mean, that's when reality sets in. That's when you know, okay, no, nobody cares. No more options here. Like, I look back on Meta World Peace. He knew he had a problem, and he went and he he worked on getting better. And I have total respect for that. I mean, he's, he's, he's interesting, he's quirky, he's not dangerous. Antonio Brown is dangerous. Uh, Albert, the uh, lead uh, senior, or senior NFL reporter, lead strategist for the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex 
twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I've been talking beer. I'm thirsty for a beer right now. I just saw where Troy Aikman has his own beer coming out. Let me see. Paulie just sent it to me. Uh, let's see. Troy Aikman. Uh, what, what's the beer called? Uh, it's eight, eight Elite Light Lager, a light beer brewed for those who never settle. No shortcuts, no excuses. <laughs> Tastes just like Troy Aikman. Oh! I made that part up. <laughs> But that's not a bad thing. Troy Aikman looks like uh, well, well quaffed, well showers. You think? Yeah. Hi. What's uh, what? What's your uh, the beer taste like? It, it tastes like Troy. Oh, it tastes just like Troy Aikman, honey. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> it does. It tastes like Troy. It's got a little bit. Remind me of. It's got a little bit of uh, Moose Johnson there aftertaste. Just a touch. I I got a hint of Nate Newton in there. <laughs> <laughs> Picking up notes of <laughs> Larry Allen in the back end. Oh, in the back end. I got Larry <laughs> Allen on the back end. Oh, no. oh. Oh. That's a good business, though, for Troy. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to drink a Troy Aikman beer? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Eight. Well, I remember um, Iron City in Pittsburgh used to have the Steelers team, the team picture on the beer. I see uh, lights, and I, I remember having friends in Pittsburgh – I went to college with, and they bring those in. And I, I kept a couple of those cans. But I remember Iron City. A uh, couple of phone calls. This day in sports history. We got a lot of items this day in sports history. Uh, let me see. Uh, Jeremy in Wisconsin. Hi, Jeremy. What's on your mind? Good morning, DP. Good morning. And if it's still okay to, hey, if it's still okay to say, Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, so I, many things, though. I'm going to, this is like the cutoff day. This Tuesday, that, that's it. No, yeah, everybody's back to work. I mean, let's, we're moving on. Happy New Year. By the way, is it Happy New Year or Happy New Year's? Year. I think it's just one. Okay, because I see Happy New Year's, and uh, I don't abide by that. I'm a Happy New Year. All right, go ahead, Jeremy. All right, so there's so many things now. This beer, I can't resist, but for some reason, I don't think Packer fans uh, are going to like drinking that on Sundays. They're going to avoid that at all costs. But anyway, so I wanted to comment on the poll question. And, uh, you know, I live in Wisconsin, obviously, and I would much rather take, you know, although I'm a fair weather fan in golf, I would rather take the cold over the warm because you can, as Fritzy said, put on more clothing versus taking it off. Although in some venues that would be ideal, but um, yeah. So I did have a question though, after Albert Breer was on and do we feel as though Denver is ready to win now if they were to get Aaron Rodgers? Well, it depends on what they have to give up, but uh, I, I, I think that they have the framework there to win now, but, but if I'm green Bay, what am I getting draft picks? Do I want a player? players and i was told when they made the von miller trade to the rams that you know they were they realized that they were getting a couple of draft picks here and that green bay would want draft picks not players 
in return for Aaron Rodgers. Whether that happens or not, I was told by somebody in the, in the know here that, that that's what Denver is doing. Stockpiling, and then maybe they go all in. And then they have to go all in on a quarterback. Do you go all in on uh, Russell Wilson? Do you go all in on Deshaun Watson? It feels like Denver is going to be a player with one of these quarterbacks. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have? Uh, here's a good one, Dan. You'll like this. The 1983, the USFL was formed, and it held its first player draft. This is a trick question. Who was the number one overall pick in the first USFL draft by the Los Angeles Express? It was a quarterback, but it's not the guy you're thinking. It's not Steve Young. Correct. It's not Steve Young. Okay. He did not sign with the team. 1983 hot college quarterback ended up playing in the NFL. Dan Marino was the number one pick mm-hmm. of the LA uh, LA Express. A mm-hmm. um, couple guys did go to the USFL. Craig James, Washington Federals. Yeah. Uh, Irv Eatman, he was a great UCLA, UCLA. offensive tackle. Philadelphia yeah. Stars. Um, Bart Oates was an offensive lineman. He went to the Philadelphia Stars. Bobby Abair went to uh, from North from Louisiana, Northwestern State, to the Michigan Panthers. Yeah. Jim Kelly was drafted, but he did not go, and he signed later. Any other this day in sports history? Uh, the Packers lost 27-7 to the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC wildcard game in 2003. It was the first time that the Packers had ever lost a home playoff game. Dating back to 1939. Yep. Uh, this day in 2000, Mark Cuban bought the Mavericks from Ross Perot, H. Ross Perot Jr. You guys want to guess? Back in 2000. So 21 years ago, Mark Cuban bought the Dallas Mavericks. Seton? $53 million. 53, no. Paulie? $340 million. Todd? $71 million. $285 million. I think it's a good deal. What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the range of SUVs, intelligence runs in the family, innovation runs in the family, extraordinary runs in the family. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all-around support. We'll do it again tomorrow here. Dan Patrick Show.